Welcome to Tentpole Trauma, the podcast where we look at movies that came with hype and high hopes, but left with crushing disappointment, either critically, at the box office, or both. Freed from the weight of expectations, we seek to examine these underperformers under a new light, parsing through the good, the bad, and everything in between with the hopes of gaining a better understanding as to why they failed to find their audience. Warning, there will be spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movie that we're discussing today, I suggest you stop the podcast and go watch it. Then when you come back and listen, you'll get more out of the discussion. On this episode, we join the ranks of Men in Black International. Okay, I am Sebastian, and I'm here with Jennifer. Hello. And we're doing it just the two of us again. That's right. You know, we like to space out our guests when we can, and since we both enjoy doing this, we figure why not keep the content flowing and just have the two of us every now and then. I think it worked out okay last time, don't you? I think so. I think all of this is working out okay. Yeah, so far so good. People don't seem to hate it when it's just you and me. <laughs> Today's episode we are discussing Men in Black International, a movie that probably no one is anxious to hear discussed. <laughs> Not that it's the worst movie in the world, it's just one of those movies that came and went and I don't think anybody even remembers it ever existed. But the reason that we're doing it is because this month is Black History Month. Yep. And we wanted to honor a black director. Now, that's a double-edged sword with tentpole trauma because... (laughs) Honor. (laughs) Honor. Uh, The whole point of the podcast is to talk about movies that were pretty big failures. And unfortunately, Men in Black International does qualify as a failure. It came out, I believe the weekend it came out, it placed sixth at the box office it you know cost about 200 million dollars and it didn't even make its money back internationally so and it pretty much put a nail in the coffin of the men in black franchise so it definitely qualifies for this podcast but it's directed by a director named F Gary Gray he's done a lot of movies he got his start in the 90s directing hip hop videos he directed The Ice Cube, It Was a Good Day video. Mm -hmm. He directed some of Cypress Hill's videos, which I know you were big in Cypress Hill back in the day. He directed some Outkast, Dr. Dre. He did that Murder Was the Case movie. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And uh, then he basically broke into mainstream filmmaking with Friday. I love Friday. Yeah, you're a fan of Friday. Absolutely. No, it's a huge. That's like a... Yeah, that's like a, it's a huge cult classic. Yeah, and it pretty much made Ice Cube into a movie star. Uh, that and Boys in the Hood. But Friday was the thing that kind of made him a real movie star, I think. Um, so F. Gary Gray is, is a pretty notable director, even though I don't think he's a name that a lot of people know. He, you know, he's not up there with somebody like, you know, uh, Spike Lee or John Singleton or something, but... 
he's sort of like a workman director, a lot of action movies. He ended up doing, um, he actually directed Be Cool, which was kind of a big hit. He did uh, Law Abiding Citizen. Mm-hmm. He did Straight Out of Compton. Mm-hmm. Maybe like that too. Yeah, which was a huge hit. And then he before this, he did uh, The Fate of the Furious, the last Fast mm-hmm. and Furious movie. So, you know, he's pretty much up there in the A-list. He's doing big, big movies. And so, you know, they handed him this big franchise. And um, unfortunately, it didn't work out too well in terms of box office anyway. But another interesting thing about this franchise and as it relates to Black History Month is that the main star of this franchise was Will Smith. That's right. It was Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. They were They're the ones who made Men in Black a blockbuster franchise back in 1997. Did you see the first Men in Black? I did, but I don't remember if I saw it in the theater or not. I yeah, I remember seeing it, but I, it could have been a rental or something. I, I don't I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I did see it at that time. I saw it as, you know, around the time it came out. Do you remember liking it? Yeah, I liked it okay. It was it was fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, for me, like if I would have been younger, Mm-hmm. I think I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah. I, mean, I liked it and it was entertaining, but I, I, f- I feel like for kids that were younger. Yeah. Like, you know, even if I would have been maybe just, you know, junior high school age or something like that, I was already older. I would have, I w- think I would have been into it more. I was definitely in my 20s at that point. I saw it in the theater because it was one of the big movies of the summer that year, and I saw all the big movies because I worked for a movie theater and can see them for free. And I remember liking it. It was not one of those movies that I was, you know, chomping at the bit for a sequel. I didn't see any of the other ones in the theater. They were all home video rentals, as was this one. Now, do you remember uh, seeing the trailers for this in the theater? I think I did. I think we did see the trailers for this in the theater, and I think, yes. and then I think I was like, "Nope, not yep. see." I think I actually said, "Not seeing this one." That's exactly what you said, <laughs> because specifically because, because of the the little um, Pawnee Pawnee character. Was it Pawnee? What, Pawnee. Was it Pawnee? I, I yes. couldn't remember when we were watching it. I couldn't remember if it was Pawnee. Or if it was um, the character at the beginning. Well, I mean, the we'll get creature. It. Yeah. No, it was no, it was def- Pawnee. No, because okay. Pawnee had a lot of the trailer. The lines. Gags yeah, he did have the, the one. He did have the one-liners. Yeah, and it was one of those situations where, you know, obviously it's in there for the kids, so you know it's that kind of sort of uh, animated movie humor, which when you see it in the actual movie, I don't think it's that terrible. But it, if if you're watching it just in the trailer, it's definitely this isn't for me kind of thing. Yes. And as a matter of fact, which we'll get into, but um, I, I had that thought again because I was remembering <laughs> my reaction to the trailer. Yeah. And then I was thinking, you know, and we'll, we'll get into it as we talk about the film, but I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't as bad as it was. Like the trailer was such like, just such an eye roll. Yeah. I don't think the trailer did this movie any favors really, at least not for people uh, like us i mean maybe they it sold it to kids well or well, something the, yes and again that goes back to how i feel about the franchise i think in in general yeah. we're talking about the the first film you know it's um i think that's ultimately who it's for mostly you know geared towards yeah mostly. i'd say it's probably you know preteen to te- early teenage yeah i'd say that's kind of the the main um market for this this type of movie 
anyway, yeah, so that's why we decided to do Men in Black International, because there is definitely, I think, a connection to uh, black culture in it, and it is directed by a black director. So, Men in Black International... Uh, it begins with a sequence um, at the Eiffel Tower with Liam Neeson as uh, Agent High T. Mm -hmm. High T is what his name is. And the, the agents in Men in Black all have uh, one-letter uh, names. They call him, a he's Agent T, but he's High T yeah. because he's running the show. Yes. And Chris Hemsworth as uh, Agent H. And they are taking on this alien entity known as the Hive. And we sort of just get this brief sort of tease of them fighting the hive it's sort of uh implied that they win this battle but it's sort of left ambiguous there's a funny little exchange with some tourists who are there uh, they're uh, the man is proposing to the woman and they kind of do the neuralizer gag where they wipe their memory but then chris hemsworth has to wipe their memory again how are you feeling at this point at the, at the movie well i felt like it was what i remembered like the same tone, the same like yeah. vibe as what I, I I've only seen the original. Yeah, I didn't see the others. Yeah, I think even though I haven't seen the original in many years, I believe they were also battling the hive. Has the hive been like a mm. continue? No, it hasn't been like the continuous. Like there's been aliens like that. It's always kind of the same. It, yeah, I could be wrong. The hive could have been mentioned before, but I'm pretty sure. They were called new something for else. This movie. Okay. But they're similar types of every yeah. time the villains are always similar. They tend to like go into other bodies yeah. and stuff like that. That's what I remember from the first. And I remember the um I think it's called the nebulizer. Is that what it's called? Neuralizer. Neuralizer. <laughs> What's a no, nebulizer? Is cool too. <laughs> but I think they should put that in another I think movie. a nebulizer is something else. Maybe, but no, the, the neuralizer is the main thing. <laughs> That you need to be aware of. <laughs> yes. And then the neuralizer. Maybe um, you were neuralized and couldn't remember <laughs> that it's called the neuralizer. I'm going to find out what a nebulizer is because I think it's some sort of like medical thing. Okay. Anyway. Yes. I, I know. I just kind of felt like, okay, this feels familiar. Yeah. Uh, but I love Chris Hemsworth and Liam Neeson. Yeah. So much. So I was happy to see them. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it just it felt like Men in Black. The tone is very kind of like I go back to Ghostbusters. I mm -hmm. feel like that's kind of the inception point of like the Men in Black movies. And uh, Chris Hemsworth was in the last Ghostbusters movie. So he sort of made a career for himself as like the himbo. Like that's his <laughs> character. And it's definitely in this movie, which I appreciate. You know, he plays a really good looking guy who's a little bit not dumb, but. He's not dumb. He like uh, what? What was uh? What were we talking about the other day? I think he lives a charmed life. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the type of character that he like. He just kind of falls into things, like, and things work out. Like he kind of is airheaded a little bit, yeah. or just kind of. But it's like it always works out for him, and it seems like he's got it together. Right. On some like he's on some level. By the way, a nebulizer is a breathing apparatus. Okay. So it well. is a real thing. Sorry. I had to. It's not in. This it's movie. not in this movie at all, but it it is a respiratory device. Yeah, I I like the term himbo actually. I think that's cute. But he um yeah I mean he kind of you know I mean he's like ridiculously handsome. Yeah. And yeah he just kind of is that character, you know the the same type of character over and over again where it's uh he's very like ridiculously handsome, 
kind of just kind of goofy. A goof. Yeah, yeah. kind of goofy, but is able to like pull it together and and like work it out or like yeah. or or just you know karma or whatever is working for him in some way. Like right. he's got like like I said like a charmed life. He's just got things that work out on his side. Yeah, and I think I think he works in this movie. He's also got a capable action element to him because he's sort of buff and yeah. big and he can pull off fight scenes and stuff like well, that he's so he's Thor. right he's, he's, Thor. <laughs> he's Thor yes but it, it sort of was interesting the way he's you know he sort of came into fame as Thor and the Thor movies originally were a little more serious although he still was doing comedic things in them he always had very clear comedic chops even in like a cabin in the woods oh, he's funny and so that. great yeah so it's like he's he's really a kind of a comedian almost more than anything you got this weird combination of comedian and leading man which i like i do and i i mean i that's you know not to get off subject but that's what's so endearing about thor yeah so, I mean, you can kind of see the logic of, well, we don't have Will Smith coming back. I don't know why Will Smith didn't come back, but who knows? I'm sure he had lots of other things to do. I think he was pretty much tapped out of Men in Black at this point anyway. So you can kind of see the logic. Well, we're going to, you know, try to get another charming, handsome leading man who's got comedic chops in here. Um, but at the same time, I think they wanted to keep a, you know, a, a character a character of color in there and that's why we have tessa thompson and you know they they sort of put a fine point on this because when we see her as a little kid it's like in the 80s or something and um it's in new york and her parents are like watching purple rain right yeah we want to know it's great because we come in and her her dad is like got a hand mirror up and he's like going miming along to like when um morris day is talking to vanity six yeah or up vanity six right yeah yeah and he's like want to see those asses shaking or whatever and he's like doing it in the mirror yeah and then we see him when he gets up because there's a, a noise like adjacent to the kitchen and runs to see what it is and we also see him in his prince t-shirt yeah he's so got he's, a prince so t-shirt it's on. establishing the time and that her dad's like a super prince fan which is cute yeah. also um and then he comes back in and is talking to his wife the mother and saying like that's not a regular animal that was out there yeah like, that's some sort of creature like you know he's obviously freaked out and you know she's she's like uh call the police or whatever and then immediately there's a knock at the door and it's the men in black because there's this creature this sort of alien creature which is sort of a cute little fuzzy kind of got blue fur but it's also feathery creature that's gotten into little girl tessa thompson's room yeah but to back up a little first we get we we get into the bedroom and she's asleep and it's establishing that she's uh fascinated with space because she's passed out reading her book about like the black hole or something like that about space and then um she hears her parents outside talking to the men in black and so she gets up and is, you know, looking out the window. And so they're talking and, and telling the men in black or telling them, you know, this is what happened and blah, blah, blah. And again, I don't remember what the name of the creature. It's something with a T. It's a Tanzanian or something like something that. Something like that. And, a Tarantian. Uh, tarantian. It sounded like Tarantula. tarantula yeah. But it didn't look it doesn't like look a Tarantula. Like other than being kind of furry. And so she, the, the little girl, Molly, is little Tessa Thompson, is looking... Um, 
out the window seeing this happen. And then she sees her parents get neutralized. Neuralized. Neuralized. Why We're going to be say, doing this the whole time. I know. Neuralized. We? Well, I didn't say nebulized this time. No. Neur- neuralized. Yes. Neuralized. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. It should because it's like. Neural, like your neurons. neurons. Yeah, neuralized. And then she looks over and that's when she sees this little creature in a room and she's like, it's okay. Like, I'm a friend. Like, you know, and she opens up the window so he can escape. And that's when he says the the phrase to her. Yes. In his Tarantian language. Right. Which she remembers, but we don't know what it means. And we find out later and it becomes sort of like a funny gag. Yes. So uh, now we cut to 20 years later and we meet adult Tessa Thompson. She's still in New York. Uh, she's got a passion, as you said, for um, extraterrestrial space, you know, conspiracy kind of stuff. Um, she is trying to get jobs at various government agencies. There's sort of a comedic scene where she's, you know, going on interviews and yeah, she's going on interviews with like the FBI and the CIA, yeah. and like she's doing stellar. Like they, you know, they're like, "Wow, you're passing everything." You know, they're like at the FBI, they're like, "Yeah, you just didn't check the box that you, you know, what uh, branch you want to join or whatever." And she's like, "Oh." I made my own box Yeah. for, you know, yeah, because <laughs> she's like trying to, she wants to find, she's been obsessed from this incident that happened when she was a kid and she's trying to find what are the men in black. I mean, she doesn't know who they are, yeah. but you know, so she's trying to infiltrate one of these organizations to try to get in there and, and figure it out. And then with the, yeah, with the CIA, that's when she keeps pointing up to the ceiling yeah. and the guy's like accounting. Yeah. He's like, and then she's like, no, you know, and he's like, still accounting yeah so yeah it's it's cute so she ends up working at some sort of tech support job i wasn't exactly sure what it was did you catch what it was i don't know what it was but they all had t-shirts that said we care right and that was like the thing that they had to sign off with whenever they were they were just helping people with like some sort of like tech support whatever like click here do this you know whatever and then they'd have to sign off with like it's because we care But what we learn here is that, you know, she still maintained her passion for uh, space and extraterrestrial stuff. And she's apparently hacked into the Hubble telescope. Mm -hmm. It's a really quick thing, but I caught it in the dialogue this time. And so she's figured out that there's this alien, some kind of alien UFO coming to Earth or whatever. And so she sneaks off to, to see what it is. And she you know, ends up in a sort of abandoned lot somewhere and she sees an alien being carted away by the men in black. Well, we also get like a quick glimpse of um, of her coffee table in her apartment or whatever. And there's yeah. like a like a Sun or Inquirer type magazine on there that shows the alien that's being right. It's like yeah. Jimmy or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a name. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And she's like, see you soon, Jimmy. So yeah. she's like going to try to track him. Right. Yeah. yeah. She already knows that this alien's the, the yeah. Yeah, Jimmy has got a name. <laughs> that's right. Um, so this is basically how she kind of figures out where the the headquarters for the men in black are. Um, the headquarters is from the the original mm-hmm. movies. The original movies all took place in New York. The reason why this is called international is because they move it overseas in this one. They they go international with this this uh, episode or whatever. Um, so yeah, so she goes into the Men in Black headquarters in New York, 
and she sort of sneaks her way past the guard. We see very quickly, I believe it's Frank the Pug. It's this one sort of cameo. I don't know if you remember from the men in, original Men in kind Black. Kind of when I saw him this time, I remember. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of a recurring yeah. character um, who's sort of the comedic foil. And I think he's in all three of them, or at least two of the movies. He's definitely a recurring character. But he busts her. For, he busts her, yeah, because yeah, the guy on the door is like an old man and he doesn't care and he's not paying attention. And she's sort of dressed up in a black and white outfit so wannabe. that she can want to want to be men in black outfit so she can sneak in and yeah and so she gets in there and we you know she meets uh agent o well she gets in there but there's an alert and she's like you right. know she thinks she's just gonna be able to sneak in but there's a total alert and the elevator takes her down to yes. like the, the the base level or whatever and that's when she meets yeah. Oh, because they're like ready to neuralize her. They're ready to neuralize her. <laughs> yes. But she sort of talks her way out yeah. of it. She's like, no, no, don't put that thing on me. And she, you know, makes a case for herself. Well, basically. she says that, you, you know, you guys did that to my parents. And yeah. this is, you know, uh, this has been my passion. And, you know, O's like, OK, sell it more or whatever. She's like, I'm smart. And, da, yeah. da, da. and she, you know, yeah, she she talks her way out of it and talks her way into a probationary position that's right now um emma thompson is a carryover from i believe men in black three she was not in the first two movies uh that was it was originally it was rip torn who i think had passed mm -hmm. away by the time the third movie was made so they brought in emma thompson as sort of the new authority figure and i like emma thompson oh, yeah. a lot i've been a fan of hers since the 90s when I worked at an art house movie theater she starred in many movies mm -hmm. that would come through like Sense and Sensibility you know it's not much of a role here but you know she's sort of like the, the M or whatever yeah. and I think she works perfectly well as an authority figure totally yeah, I love Emma Thompson and yeah so she basically gives tells uh, Tessa Thompson <laughs> that she is on probationary status but that she you know is going to give her her first assignment um, they have a fun little montage where Emma Thompson is getting her suit. Suit and, up scene. Yeah, the suit up scene. And she's looking at all the cool weapons. weapons and stuff that they have. And, you know, it's just a fun scene. How are you feeling at this point, considering that, you know, you said, I will never watch that. <laughs> Were you hating that we had no, to watch it at this point? Not Actually, not at all. Okay. Like, no. And again, like I said, it's, you know, the trailer didn't do it any favors. Yeah. And... I, the movie's not for me. Yeah. It's not who I'm not the the prime audience. Yeah. And this is the type of movie that I just have to be in the right mood to watch and enjoy. Yeah. And thankfully I was. Well, and you like Tessa Thompson. I do. Right? I like her a lot. I, I know her from the Avengers and Thor films. And, yeah. I mean, she's been on other stuff too. Westworld. Westworld. That's right. Yeah. She's not always doing comedy. No, she's no, she's she can do both. She was really. I, I just remember. That's right. I really. I, I you didn't like her in Westworld. No, I didn't like her in Westworld, but you're not supposed to like her. No, she's not. She, you're she's, not really I mean, she's just like a great her. actor, but like, yeah. yeah, you're you're not supposed to like her. Much more likable in Thor and the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think she handles herself pretty well in terms of comedy. She's yeah. got some chops. She's got some timing. Um, I totally know. just thought now, just saying it out loud, like, duh, no wonder her and Chris Hemsworth are great. Right, because of Thor. Yeah. Yeah, they were to in... Um, Thor Ragnarok together. Yeah. She played Valkyrie. Yeah. And she is in the Avengers Endgame. Right. They definitely have a 
kind of chemistry Absolutely. that I think works pretty well. I'm sure that's why the, they were paired together in this. So they um, send her to the Europe uh, office of Men in Black, which is in London. And it's kind of fun because she goes in this subway, yeah. basically. You see her getting into a subway and there's all these, you know, you see the sort of Men in Black aliens. The the thing about Men in Black is the fun alien creatures, you know, the the creative ways that... You know, they sort of depict these aliens. Like, I think when she's getting into the subway, there's, like, an alien that's, like, they're on shoes, shoes or whatever. Yeah, they have little, like, it looks like um, the mouths that are in the shoes remind me of, like, those, you know, those wind-up teeth. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like in the in the the um, mouth of the shoe, I guess. Yeah. It's sort of the hallmark of the series that aliens are among us. They're disguised as different things. And so it's always sort of like, oh, that's an alien? Whoa, that that's kind of the primary gag of the men in black movies um so there were some fun ones in this one i thought no totally and then when she gets on the subway also it looks like a regular subway and then it like transforms yeah into this kind of more spaceship spaceship type, type thing. of thing yeah and um and like lightning speed of yeah. course they're like then she's in london yeah that's another hallmark of the men in black movies is you know you get into a car and it turns into a crazy yeah. spaceship car and yeah. you know it's got all this stuff in it and we see we'll see that a couple of times in this movie but yeah so it takes her all the way to um london um then we're sort of uh we see chris hemsworth again we're sort of reintroduced to him it's in this sort of he's in this gambling parlor and he's trying to convince these aliens to like he's going to smuggle some kind of drug or, or it was something like a liquor or something. I don't know what it was. Something he was he was like dr drinking it or inhaling it or something. It was yeah. like that blue stuff. It's, yeah. It doesn't really come into play in, no. in the plot. But then there's sort of a like, you know, just a little funny scene where they turn the tables on him or whatever. And they they out him as a men in black agent. And then he ends up having to sleep with this tentacle alien. Well, it's because they have this kind of like three-headed looking snake or viper or something right, that's yeah, yeah. in a in like a it looks like a bird cage or something on yep. the table and part of the game they're playing the card game they're playing is like you have to put your hand in there and draw a card right and so he is winning and then yeah something goes down where he's like you said he's outsed as because yeah. they're talking shit about the men, men in black, black yeah. right and he was like you know who would want to be one of those or da 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 and then they out him as one. It's the, you know, the undercover yeah. guy at a pretending not to be an undercover guy right. and then getting busted for being an undercover guy. And then like the tables literally turn because they're like flipped over. Yeah. And um, and this snake is like now kind of flying around a little bit in the room and it uh, latches onto his thigh. Mm -hmm. And then this like thug looking alien who he's been talking with about selling whatever this stuff is you know is laughing because he got bit and he's gonna die right and he's got the antidote yeah well his lady has the antidote right the only way you're gonna get the antidote is to well first he gets bit right the the, the thug gets bit i think like in the face or something yeah she's got the antidote the lady who's was like gal who's with him she looks like him like the same type of alien whatever they are and then she's like she's got the antidote and then uh, chris hemsworth is like i'll do anything and she's like anything and then we cut to the next day 
and he's he's in sneaking out of the bedroom and like her tentacles <laughs> reaching out and she's got and... like well you got like suction cups on yeah. him from her tentacle and yeah he obviously had to put out to get the antidote yeah i gotta say you're you're remembering the details of this much better than i am i was paying attention this is a real testament of your ability as an active viewer because i mean not to like play my hand too early but i thought this movie's fine but I find it very hard to remember the things that happened in it. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, you're apparently, you retain information better than I do. When the stakes are high. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure I don't fail on the podcast. Yeah. But it's kind of fun because, you know, it's setting up this idea that Chris Hemsworth is sort of this man whore, basically. <laughs> That's kind of a little bit of a Bond move. Right. It's a Bond, but, but he doesn't want to sleep. The difference between him and yeah. Bond is Bond is always up for it. Right. Whereas this is kind of like, ew. Yeah. But, you know. But she's cute. She's cute. Right. For an alien. alien yeah, yeah. tentacle lady. So then, um, yeah, we uh, get a scene where Tessa Thompson is welcomed at uh, Men in Black by High T, played by Liam Neeson, as we said. And they sort of have this exchange where he welcomes her to Men in Black and he gives her a... What does he do? Well, no, he, he welcomes her to Men in Black. This is when we know now that he's High T. Because uh -huh. before we didn't know that. So now right. we know that he's like running the show. And he says, you know, I've heard really good things about you from O, uh, Agent O, uh -huh. Emma Thompson. Yep. And, you know, uh, I, you know, expect you to do well and, you know, congratulations and good luck with your, your training or whatever, you know. Yeah. He's like, you know, gives her like kind of like a little like welcoming and kind of like I've got my eye on you type yeah. thing. We And she's like hanging out with like this cute alien that's like got double glasses yeah, yeah. or whatever. He's and he's British yeah. alien. And there. he's kind of, he's got like, yeah, four literally has four eyes. Yes. <laughs> and he's super cute. He's like kind of giving her the lowdown mm -hmm. on everything. Yeah. And then here and walks disheveled, handsome, Chris Hemsworth yeah uh, walking by and there's like another alien girl that's just like she's literally like slowing down yeah, time, time so she can, so she can really like drink him in yeah. and it's like something that you would you know see normally in a film that's like kind of in someone's mind yeah as but as they like, literalize it but she literalizes it yeah and and, and, and the, like tessa thompson doesn't understand what's <laughs> happening at first because she's kind of drinking him in too but she's like wait this is really happening yeah. and then the like little four-eyed alien was like stop you know, messing with time yeah. or whatever, you know, he kind of tells her to cut. She's like, I can't help it. He's so hot or whatever. Yeah. So then he, you know, Tessa Thompson's like, who is that? And and the guy, the four-eyed alien, you know, was like, oh, that's Agent H. And he's like, you know, he saved the world and from the hive and all this stuff. And yeah. like, so I think Tessa Thompson, Agent M, Molly, whatever, she, of course, thinks he's hot. But I think she's actually more motivated that he's like, a big deal right. at you know at the uh, men in black world like right. he's like the big guy there yes. that's kind of more i mean she's because she's as we get to know her character and we got a little bit of that back in new york is like she does oh and that was the thing actually that's what she said to O. the thing that kind of sold oh agent O, emma thompson was that she was like i don't have a life right she's like this is all i care about yeah. you know and it's like and she didn't she didn't have like she's like i don't have a dog or a cat i don't yeah. have anyone that you know I don't have a relationship or whatever. So even though she can recognize that, you know, Agent H, Chris Hemsworth is H for hottie. Yeah. Um, she's she's also just really there for the ambition 
of like I want to like latch on to this person because totally. they're a big deal. Yeah, she's motivated to get somewhere yeah. in Men in Black, and he's got this reputation of pulling off this big thing. So yeah, yeah. So that's really what her motivation is. So she goes over and sort of starts to talk to him, and she's trying to impress him with her knowledge of like alien language mm -hmm. and, and stuff but like he doesn't care about that at all like he well and i think he knows she's kind of full of shit too right. like because she's just you know she's doing that thing when you like you admire somebody you know and you're just kind of like you want them to like you or right. you want them to you know think that you're worthy of being there or whatever you know she's just kind of kind of gushing yes you know and talking about yeah the the i can't remember what something with a j the 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 language it comes into play later, but that she's fluent in it. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the language that the alien that we're going to meet in the next, next sequence yeah. is if speaks. Jajabar or something. Else. I have it's Vongus. <laughs> Vongus. Well, Vongus is the guy. Right. But his his. I don't remember the name of the language. I didn't write it down. You don't have to look it okay. up. No, with me, rabid men in black fans are not going to come. They are. They'll be upset that we don't know They're what the language. be upset that we don't know the language. But yeah, she's basically trying to sort of get in his good graces and team partner up with him. And he's like, I work alone. Like, yeah. I work alone. Yeah. And basically puts her off. We also at this point meet Rafe Spall, the British actor. He plays C. Um, and he's sort of set up as this antagonist within Men in Black. He doesn't like H. He thinks no. he's a blowhard and is full of it, and he thinks he's incompetent and just kind of skating through life, like you said. Yeah. So, you know, they're kind of sort of trying to set him up like so that you're going to think that he's the mole in the, in, the, in the organization. Like, you know, oh, he's kind of the villain in the organization. But he's an actor that I know... We're both fond of mostly because of Hot Fuzz. He That's plays right. one of the Andes. That's right. Plays a good jerk, basically. Yeah, well, he plays a good jerk in Hot Fuzz. Yes. <laughs> the Andes aren't cool, nice guys. Yeah, Rafe Spall's pretty good at playing yeah. a jerk, but like a likable jerk. Oh, yeah. No, still very, very He's got a face that you kind of love to hate. Yeah. But... I don't know. I like him. I like him, too. Uh, so what what else happens here? I'm for already forgetting stuff. Is there anything I missed? Doesn't Liam Neeson give her something? Because yeah, well, that's no, how no, he ends up well, tracing no, she, it. Well, she goes to, like, I don't know if it's her office or something, but there's a, a, a box okay. that's, like, for her, and it's with a card from high right, tea. Right, And it's, um like, a, a, a really nice pocket watch or compass. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a watch. Yeah. It's, like, this cool, like... Silver. Yeah, yeah it looks like... Some, it looks like a, a like a really fancy pocket watch. So he gives her this welcoming gift, mm -hmm. basically. And then at that point, I forget why, <laughs> but uh, H decides he is going to take her along to this. They're, they have to to meet Vongus because Vongus has got something or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how poorly I remember. <laughs> we we literally it. just watched it. I can't remember exactly what happens if this is the time where high T kind of says like you need to pair up. Right. He he wants to pair him up with uh, Rafe Spall. Yeah. He's, he wants to pair H up with Rafe Spall and then but H doesn't want to be paired with him because he hates him. But I don't know if he pairs him up with with M right then because she's supposed to be on probation. No, he doesn't. Right. He doesn't. Yeah. Haiti does not pair him with with M. He prepare, pairs him with, with Rafe Spall, Agent C. And, Agent C, and and Hemsworth is like, 
ends up blowing him off and taking tech tessa thompson yeah i don't yeah. remember exactly i don't remember exactly what how the that catalyst went down. is but well, that's but definitely what happened yeah and he did have a reason for doing that because they literally like take off and they go to this underground club that is literally underground literally underground <laughs> and yes. um and when they get there um and it's like you know a- aliens at like a nightclub and yeah. you know loud music and the whole everyone's partying yeah and they head like right to the middle and there's longus yes and Vongus is this, and that's the whole reason they went there right. is because of Vongus. And the reason that Tessa Thompson is there is because she's a cute girl. Right. And she says she can speak Vongus's language. So Chris Hemsworth basically wants to try to pimp her out to Vongus. And not like really, but just, just to kind of keep him. But just wants to keep him happy. It's not yeah. like in a gross way. It no. just wants to, you know, I mean, it, whatever. But I think the Chris Hemsworth. The same reason like rich guys bring pretty right. women She's along like, to uh, meet clients Eye candy stuff. or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. But I think Chris Hemsworth already knows that like her language is bullshit. Yes. Because language promises are bullshit because he's like putting her on the spot with Vongus. And Vongus is saying stuff in his language yeah. and she doesn't know what he's she saying. She has no idea what he's saying. Yeah. And Vongus is sort of, he kind of looks like, I don't know, like a hippopotamus or something vaguely. But he's wearing like a hoodie. I think he's wearing kind of like a tracksuit. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he's just wanting to party basically. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so Chris Hemsworth is like, I'll go get us drinks. You know, were you still drinking vodka and cranberry <laughs> yeah. or whatever? And um, so, yeah. Th- but then they have this exchange where Tessa Thompson is like, are you pimping me out to Vongus? Yeah. And yeah. So it's then. Vongus. 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 Because I think he says like Vongus the fungus or something yeah, when right, they come yeah, in. Yeah. 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 The fungus among us or something. There's a play on the name. Like, so, yeah, everyone's like dancing, drinking, having a good time. And then that's when we see. Well, because we cut to. First, we need to cut to um, Marrakesh. Yes, there's a brief scene that happened before at Marrakesh where we see this guy like messing around with some kind of electricity, electricity or fuse box or something. And basically this alien energy to make a long story short, this alien energy comes zapping into him, turns him into two people basically, but really they're just this alien energy beings. But now they're these two people, evil twins, these guys, their real name, what they're really called in real life is Le twins. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So they're basically these two, um, Wait, they're really twins? I believe so, yes. Wow, yeah. okay. And they're they're dancers. This alien energy turns into these two twins. They attack this little tiny alien queen and the Kamal Nanjani character. We get a brief introduction to them, but whatever. That'll come into play later. But basically, the twins are called the dyads because, you know, they're these two beings. They're supposedly part of this alien entity called the Hive, they show up at the club, and it's pretty b- great because they basically show up and do this crazy dance routine. No, they're doing like they're battling on the dance yeah, floor. Yeah, they're like dance battling. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they're real dancers, so they can really dance. But they're, you know, they're they're augmenting it with like CG effects and stuff like that. But, you know, they're real dancers. That's why they were hired for the job. Yeah. And um, they shoot this thing at Vungus that's sort of like some kind of needle It looks thing. like a, a, a very small dart or something that goes in his neck. I think it poisons him or something. Well, he acts like it's, it seems... Well, no, it's like an explo- timed explosive or something. No, it's what it is, is 
he um he's get, he says oh i don't feel good or whatever so they just think he's like tied one on right yeah, yeah. so Chris they were like oh yeah those vodka and cranberries are snuck strong. up on you or whatever and so they they try to get him out of the you know get him out of the club and into a car and like you know just get him home or whatever yeah so he gets just a, a few steps down the street and there's a this explosion yeah he gets into a car the car yeah, the drives car, that's what I'm off saying. yeah he yeah. gets they put him in the car and they just like get like a, a little bit down the street yeah. and there's an explosion in the street i don't think it was in the car i think it's in the street or something because there's the shit that goes everywhere i thought he it was like an explosive they put on him or something no i don't believe so because that would have blown him up so. exactly and the thing that they put into his neck they talk about it later it's some sort of drug okay. where because chris hemsworth says it's whatever the drug is called i can't remember he was like enough of it will kill you like it's poison but just the right amount will have you dancing for 17 hours in marrakesh or something right, like right, that right 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 yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. it's some sort of like x or something i don't know um anyway so the car just flips over and fungus is still alive but barely yeah and that's when the twins the evil twins show up again <laughs> yeah and they sort of have this shootout in the middle of the street they're pulling out these weapons from the car, like the yeah, hubcaps which was become cool. like like ammo wheels and yeah, it's all different like wild Men in Black weaponry that's like part of this this Men in Black car or whatever that you know Chris Hemsworth was like pull the not rear view mirror side the mirror tailpipe or, or, yeah, no, yeah. The, or the side mirror she's like what am I supposed to do and she pulls it and then it turns and they're like turning into these weaponry, but at the same time the evil twins are like doing some wild shit like they, they can, can like, sort of affect matter or something yes, they can change like solid to like liquid or right. you know make things fluid as far as like they, they're able to touch like the asphalt and, and make turn it, it like into, it's know. like moving it's rolling and yeah yeah they're they're doing all kinds of wild shit yeah so basically it turns into this big fight yeah men in black weapons versus these sort of almost elemental like alien yeah. creatures yeah so they they have a big fight then the rest of the men in black show up and uh the twins but before this happens vungus is dying in the car and he hands this item he asked Tessa Thompson, like, can I trust you or something like well, that? Well, what he says to her is because we, we we went over something earlier when he meets or like when he's at the club with Chris Hemsworth, he takes his hand. Yeah. And he does like you can see like his fungus's hand like kind of like lights up in a way. Yeah. There's sort of. Yeah. And he's like, you're not the same, my friend. Yeah. He was like, something's different about you. Right. And so. He he says to Tessa Thompson, you know, can I trust you? And he grabs her hand or whatever. And so I guess he feels that he can. And he's like, something's different about H ever since he went up against the hive. Yes. So he's he's and then he also says to her, I think he's the one that says there's something wrong with the men in black. Right. That there's something going on within the men in black. Right. It's a little basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to sort of give chris hemsworth uh, a arc mm -hmm. i don't know if it totally works that much because when we find out how he's changed it's not really like he's really changed he just sort of you know i don't know he, i mean we find out later why he sort of changed right but it's, but not, it's not yeah it's not like he became a different person no, he just, just forgot something yeah and i think i i think they're just trying to you know like you know what happens in mysteries or whatever where it's like a not a red herring but you know what i mean it's like oh is it chris hemsworth or is it is it c or right. you know what i mean like they're just trying to who can you trust type thing 
it's it's you know it's just not particularly effective in no. my, my opinion regardless uh vungus gives this item to to m and it is a looks like sort of a like 20 sided dice it's, it's you know this sort of uh rhombus like thing mm -hmm. um it's basically the macguffin of the movie yeah we will find out and this is a very common i mean macguffins are com common in lots of movies but the, specifically in men in black like one of them there's like a whole universe in a thing or whatever yeah. and you know this ends up being a similar type of macguffin where it's you find out it's this crazy thing in a thing yeah. and but anyway so she's got this macguffin she doesn't say anything about it she keeps it to herself yep um the twins the men in black show up to sort of handle the situation and the twins just sort of disappear into the ground they basically just yeah. sort of escape by becoming energy and disappearing and, you know rafe spall shows up and he's pissed because Tessa Thompson's there. Right. Well, he's pissed because he was supposed to be on this yeah. job. And instead, H snuck off with Tessa Thompson, who's not even a full Men no, in she's, Black. No, so. she's on probation. And he keeps going like, she isn't here. And he was like, and Chris Hemsworth's <laughs> like, like, yes, she is. You can see her. She's right here. You know, she's right in front of you. No, I can see her. She's right there. <laughs> yeah. It's that sort of comedy of yeah. like, somebody says something and you're yeah. like, no, this is what it's Yeah. It's a it's a thing that's that they do now in comedies. But um, yeah, so then we go back to the MIB headquarters and this is where basically Liam Neeson sets up the idea that there's a, a mole. Does he set it up or do they Chris Hemsworth kind of figures it out, doesn't he? Like Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson are both kind of like. I don't feel like Chris Hemsworth does. Yeah. I don't remember him. I, I feel like this is like really Tessa Thompson's thing. Yeah. Regardless, the idea that there's a mole in MIB is, yeah, is, comes out. is is set up here. And it's then it's when um, High T then tells them because he's pretty pissed at this point because yes. of what what went down. And he kind of threatens to like, isn't this the yeah, this is the whole scene where um, he's like C is like super pissed and C's right. like ready to neuralize them yes he's ready to neuralize <laughs> them he's basically ready to kill them i mean like they're ready to like x them out from the men in black right this whole mission is seen as a big disaster yeah. so they're gonna get neuralized and you know but they convince him him not to they convince their what they they've talked their way out of that somehow yeah and i'm, I'm with you on this because i don't really remember how like at this right. point like there's just some it's, like it's weird it's like the connective things like i remember mm -hmm. the things that happen but i don't remember how they get to where they are it's, yeah it's kind of a the way the movie kind of moves and it's jokey and it's funny it's hard to sort of grasp on to the plot and I mean, I don't think you're really supposed to be paying no. much attention to the plot. No, I, I think we're doing way more like plot analysis than this probably deserves or, wa or wants. <laughs> yes, wants. But I, I just, I yeah, I can't remember what happens. But basically, they talk their way out of it with H, and you know, H is like, you know, 
go fix this or whatever because oh that because everyone's pissed because they this is ruining their relations because Vungus is dead right that's why the stakes are so high because like it's their relations like with weapon tree and 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 kind of like they have like some sort of treaty or something with right. Vungus's people right that was the whole thing where like h is like you were just supposed to go and have drinks with the guy like yeah. just it was kind of like a you know a, a public relations type move yeah and then it turned into this whole thing and now he's dead and now he, he's like because he's like the prince of this sure this universe or whatever and now his family's pissed and so basically i i, I remember correctly like a high t is just like fix this you know and so then that's when i think he makes him work with c but then he sneaks off or whatever he yeah. goes he goes <laughs> off whatever i don't know he goes off whatever they Ellen, basically go rogue they go rogue yes they go rogue and they go to marrakesh yes that's what you need to know that's what you need to know <laughs> they go rogue and they go to marrakesh and it's h and m <laughs> t expresses to h that he's changed there's like yeah. a scene where Liam yeah. neeson talks to chris hemsworth about how he's changed yeah anyway but yeah so they end up h and m hemsworth <laughs> and uh tessa thompson go rogue and they go to marrakesh that's right Okay, let's talk about Marrakesh. Yes. So the first thing that happens in Marrakesh is we meet Nazar, which is this alien guy who's working, or he's not an alien. No, he's he looks a like human, a but he's got this alien beard. Like, beard, literally. The beard <laughs> in typical men in black fashion is not what it appears to be. It's actually an alien. Right. He's working on some sort of tech that he's not supposed to, so they use that as leverage to get information out of him. And um, that leads them to... Well, he's working on um, the motorcycle which will come back into play right he's working on the motorcycle yeah but it's like alien tech, tech motorcycle yeah right so they that leads them to this the information they get from him leads them to this antique shop right which is where we saw the evil twins the evil twins were first established and they killed these these cute little like lizard looking people that the the, the queen right where they're they're I don't know what they are. They're kind of lizard. Well, they're looking. they're set up as chess pieces, right? And she's the queen, and but, she's the queen. But they look like they're reptilian of some sort. Yes, sort of like little like yeah, they're like little frog bug things Something. or whatever. But yeah, he so they had killed the whole chess set, sort of. Right. Except for this pawn. Yes. Who comes out and is like devastated because he couldn't protect his queen, and he has no purpose now because what purposes a pawn have if he doesn't have a queen to protect right this character is voiced by kumail nanjiani who is a um, comedian he's becoming kind of a bigger thing he's been in a bunch of sort of indie movies he's going to be in uh, one of the next marvel movies i forget what it's called it's one of those properties that i'm not interested in but, but like he's <laughs> but gonna be him. yeah he got all recently though his big thing is he got all buff and he's you know he's sort of like a doughy comedian but for this marvel movie he had to get all buffed up and stuff i think you were watching some sort of youtube video or something about that something the what you're just saying about like being doughy and getting all buff yeah. like this sounds familiar yeah and i wouldn't have found this out on my own i like him in general i think i like him better in person than as a voice but he's basically just voicing this character it's cute it's funny makes jokes he sort of becomes the you know alien sidekick yeah they usually in these men in black movies that there usually ends up being an alien sidekick frank the pug was yeah. in, in one of the movies so you know this is par for the course 
Um, now you were not as offended by uh, Pawnee in the context of no, the movie. No, in the film, I actually thought I thought he was endearing. I thought he was cute, and I I didn't wasn't bothered at all. It was just the way he was in the trailer. The way it was just so like this laugh track, wink, wink, like hey, hey you know, like it, it just the the trailer just did not sell him. Yeah. But in the film, I, I had a completely different experience with him. Well, he he plays off of. Uh, Hemsworth and yeah. Thompson well enough they're funny it, yeah. you know, and for most of the movie he's like in one of their pockets or whatever yeah. he doesn't end up being as egregious as one would fear if uh, <laughs> watching the trailer so we meet uh, Pawnee that's not really his name they just give him that name because he doesn't, he doesn't have, have a name, name. Yeah. later he decides he wants his name to be Steve <laughs> meanwhile like in, back in Men in Black Rafe's ball is going to Liam Neeson and telling them that the that uh, Hemsworth and Thompson have gone off and you know they, maybe they're the moles or whatever kind of setting up that they're gonna the men in black now are gonna try to find them and then Neeson does a secret phone call right. to Hemsworth and is like run right. you know like basically you know they're coming for you type right. thing and that's another thing that's sort of set up is that Rafe Spall is irritated that Liam Neeson is like keeps sticking up for sticking up for, for Hemsworth. Hemsworth yeah like he clearly favors him. They've got yeah. this sort of father-son relationship. Exactly. Do the twins show up at Marrakesh? What happens in Marrakesh? <laughs> I know we get to the no. hover bike. Right. So what happens in Marrakesh is I, the twins do show up back there, but I think it's more the men in black. I mean, it's like a whole thing. Like they're being chased. They're being chased. But I think it's most, I feel like they're both mostly being, I think it's mostly the men in black they're being chased Well, because they split up for a second. Um, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth split yeah. up. She goes in one way, he goes the yeah. other. And then he runs into the guy with the bike and he gets the bike from him. And the guy gives him a bottle of water because he says it's hot out there right. and throws it in there. And though he takes off on this crazy, he's like, it's just like riding a motorcycle. And he's like, yeah, just like riding a bike. And it's like, so not, yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's nothing like, right? yeah. So he's, he's being, he's being hunted by his own people. I don't think the twins are there yet. Are you sure they're not they like running across the rooftops? See, they... I know like this part, I'm not, this is, but yeah, this is what happens in these type of scenes with me yeah. kind of always anyway. Regardless, it turns into a big yeah. chase scene. And he picks up Tessa Thompson on the bike yeah. and then they're all like, what does this red button do or whatever? Yeah. They're being chased and they push the red button on the bike and it launches them like super far out to like into the Sahara desert. Yeah, all the way out into the desert. Yeah. And they land in the desert and then Pawnee's like, woohoo, let's do that again. Hit the yeah. red button again. Yeah. And then that's when I think that's when they figure out what the MacGuffin does. Yes. They realize what it basically is. Like, I don't know, they fool around with it and it suddenly expands right. into being this Super sort weapon. of like gun. Super and weapon. Basically, it's like a gun that has the power of a star in yeah, it. Yeah, it's crazy. So they, it's basically a weaponized star. And they create basically like a new Grand Canyon in the desert. Yes. Because they, and then like Chris Hemsworth is like, do you think anyone will notice that yeah. this thing wasn't here before? <laughs> yeah. And it pans back and it's like this huge crevice. Yes, they're going to notice. So we get like a little break here where we get a little bit of character stuff, both from Hemsworth and uh, Thompson. Like, I think that's also when we find out, well, it's coming up soon because the bottled water uh -huh. comes open and the, the beard, the is beard alien yes. comes out and, you know, is like he takes the he steals the MacGuffin. He steals the weapon. Yeah. 
the MacGuffin. And no, 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 no. So the bearded alien like takes the MacGuffin and like is like bones out and he's gone. And then I think that's when they talk about the um, Rebecca Ferguson character because yes. that's where like he should be going to sell it. Right, yeah, because Rebecca Ferguson is a weapons dealer. So right. obviously the bearded alien stole the MacGuffin to sell to her. Right, but, so we've got to go to Rebecca Ferguson. Right, but somebody, I guess it's Pawnee that knows that they used to, his, no one, who else would out that they used to date? Because that was the whole thing. Well, no, they set it up in like a little bit before, like I forget who they were talking to. Maybe it was the some, human the, what, that had the bearded I, yeah yes or yes. somebody yeah, uh, yeah. he's like it i was. haven't seen you or you seen, since or, you were with with uh reza or uh, what's her name riza stavros riza stavros riza stavros yeah so it's him that brings it up because i was like yeah. somebody brings it up and it's i remember up. yeah because tessa thompson's kind of teasing him about it like yeah. oh really like yeah. you know who is this and he was saying like he changed since he'd been with her or something and so we're like we're also getting like that might have been one right, changed because right, right. he had his heart broken or whatever some something like that but so now anyway so that comes back around when they're in the desert the beard takes off with the beard alien takes off with the MacGuffin and then they're like well we've got to go visit her now which is I think now we're at like Sort of, I think, kind of the funnest part of the movie yeah. for me. They go to this island. Off of Naples. Uh, and, they, and it's funny. It, they call it the, uh, what, what do they call it? The Fortress of For Sure Death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that like pops up on the screen. Yeah, it pops yeah. up on the screen. Like as the location. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's this island fortress, basically. Riza Stavros's island fortress off of Naples or whatever. Um, the fortress of for, of for sure death. And uh, when they get there, they're greeted by Luca, who's this big, blue, feathery, furry alien. Yeah, he's tough. Did you did you realize at this point who Luca was going no, to be? No, I did or not. Did the, you? Not the first time. I did remember when I watched well, it Well, I would again. hope you got it the second time. <laughs> yeah. I, well, you can, you can see how much I've remembered it by just watching it five <laughs> minutes ago. Well, I you barely got, remember hey, anything. You got Luca. I didn't, I didn't I see it. I remembered that Luca yeah. was what he was. Okay. But anyway, so. Not. But he, he in this context, he's portrayed as like a strong He's just man, the muscle. The muscle. Yeah. Uh, and he's wearing like a nice suit and everything. He's all yeah. mean but looking. But you, you could see like muscles everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like, and Chris Hemsworth is wearing like pink, pink pants. <laughs> pink pants. And like, yeah, he's like got, totally got like his like Italian seaside wear or something. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Like on the Riviera. It's like, yeah, he's got like this the ridiculous outfit on. Not they they've gotten out of their men in black clothes, obviously. And Tessa Thompson's just wearing like just like a black She's wearing like a black she's kind of wearing like a stealth yeah. costume because she's climbing up yeah. the cliff. She's yeah. not She's because, you know, obviously it would be a giveaway if she yeah. was there with him because right. he, you know, Chris Hemsworth is pretending like he's left Men in Black and now he's just like coming to get back with with his Riza, lady, his yeah. lady. And like he was ready for to be a criminal mm -hmm. now because, you know, that's what ostensibly them apart. broke them yeah. up is like he wouldn't. She's an arms dealer and he's a Men, Men in Black. Black. Yeah. So, you know, he's trying to play it off like, hey, baby, I want to get back together with you. And, you know, she and so we're introduced to Rebecca Ferguson. But she sees him coming, which is great, too. He's yeah. like, what is he wearing those pink trousers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's ridiculous. But yeah. um, so Rebecca Ferguson is playing this character and she's got this ridiculous wig. It's that's like so ridiculous. Silver with like black rings going down it. It's, it's quite a wig. It's like if 
Cruella DeVille let her hair down and it was like in a bob. Right. With bangs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's it's got it's like like it's like nothing I've seen before. Pretty absurd. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the best look Rebecca Ferguson has ever but it's rocked. Still Rebecca Ferguson, she's so hot. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's so pretty. She can do whatever she wants. So, yeah, there's this sort of back and forth between her and Chris Hemsworth. He thinks that he's getting somewhere with her, but she's like, yeah, this would all worked a lot better if you didn't decide to show up on a day that I got, like, just had this amazing weapon delivered Well, to because me. he also is offering her um, Pawnee right. as, a, like, in a yeah, jar because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's like, I know how much you like little creatures or right. little pets or whatever. And yeah. so he's, like, really trying to to get in her good graces and she's like not buying it at all because she knows she just scored this huge weapon thing. So basically like she kicks him out and, but then Tessa Thompson is breaking in and there's hijinks and stuff. And she's it's just stealing kinda... Tessa Thompson's getting the MacGuffin and yeah. then there's like, yeah, everyone's fighting and they all start fight. Basically it ends up like Luca versus Chris Hemsworth yeah. and Rebecca Ferguson versus Tessa Thompson. But Rebecca Ferguson has a third. Yes. Arm. Because she's an alien, of right. course. And so she's got a third arm. So they have this sort of fight where she's, you know, fighting her with you know, three arms. arms. Yes. And it culminates in uh, basically the the bad guys getting the drop on the good guys. But then Luca or Tessa Thompson realizes that Luca is the little blue no. alien. No, she doesn't realize that she's he says Rebecca Ferguson says, what, what are they called again with the T? What's the word? Uh, it's tarantian tarantian says something that he's tarantian right and that's when she, that's when tessa thompson's like she realizes she's like i knew a tarantian once before and then she's she says she the, says the, the phrase thing that he said, that he to, said her. to her and he goes molly yeah. and so then it's the little guy that she had helped and she's like wow you're so big now or whatever you know and and then he's immediately like loyal to her yes and he turns the gun on, on Rebecca, uh, Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson. And um, then we find out that the thing he said to her was something like, I will kill, kill whoever, whoever you, you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like horribly yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Then what happens is the twins show up and it turns into like, a, they sort of disrupt this whole scene. The twins end up sort of like backing Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson ends up getting the weapon yeah. again. The twins end up backing them sort of against this cliff. Yeah. Um, and then there's this scene where Chris Hemsworth sort of like tries to like talk his way out of it or something. Yeah. And they're like, we don't care. We're yeah, gonna, we, we don't, care. We don't we're, we'll die for whatever we need or whatever. We, we will die for the weapon or whatever for the hive or yeah. whatever. And then the men in black swarm in. Right. Like, well, because uh, Tessa Thompson is going to shoot them with the weapon. But yeah. if she shoots them, they're all going to die. Everyone's going to die yeah. because the, the weapon will blow up the whole island. Right. Basically. And they're, that, that's when the, the twins are like, we don't care. Right. Like, whatever. You know, yeah. we'll do it for the hive or whatever. Yes. And then the men in black appear out of nowhere. And there's like six or seven of them with their like weapons pointed on the twins. And because there's so many of them, I think they're able to kill the twins. Right. So, yeah, so it, it seems like we're at the end of the movie. Like, okay, the Men in Black showed up. They've got the weapon back. They're like, you know, Liam Neeson's like, great job, guys. Yeah, and, and they were like, and they were and like, like, how, how did, did you know, know we were yeah. here? And he's like, and he's we like, just know or whatever. Just good guess or whatever yeah. or something like that. Which then we know that. That's a tip off to something's not quite right. Well, and that 
he's given her this, like he's tracking her yes. with the, the watch. watch. But they sort of play it off as if that's the end of the yeah. movie. But you can but see you Tessa think... Thompson is a little like, even when she's handing over the MacGuffin to Neeson. Yeah. Like she's a little reluctant. Like she's not 100%. Like she's, I mean, it's not like super big, but you can tell like she's that she's she's a little like something doesn't feel right. And which does come, I think, in the next scene, like that's her and Hemsworth are like. Something's wrong here. Yes. Yeah. They go back to um, London HQ. We learned that the dyad weren't actually part of the hive. They were like creatures that like the hive had absorbed or something. Some, basically, we find out they're you not really. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's this weird detail. I'm still, I'm not even communicating it right. But they're, yeah. I think they find out that they actually weren't part of the hive. Okay. Because... Neeson is part of the hive. Yes. Yeah, they they figure out that Neeson is the mole. Neeson, like, takes off or something. He takes off to go, like, oh, he's going back to the Eiffel Tower because of Eiffel, like, was... Right. The Eiffel Tower was actually made to be some sort of, like, astronomer Right, because the guy, I can't remember, whoever Eiffel was, like, into, like all of the space yes. and physiology or you know whatever yeah it makes sense that like that's that's yes. where this would so they be. go back there and that's where neeson is trying to he's going to open a portal yes and he's basically <laughs> gonna like shoot the weapon into the portal, portal and something. like destroy something i don't know whatever it's, yeah who cares who cares exactly um, who cares? it's gonna destroy everything whatever it's gonna destroy the world the, what they realize is at this point that um h cannot remember how he defeated the hive well he keeps repeating point. the same thing over and over right again. he's like the like yeah this this like canned like, like response. Canned phrase and and tessa thompson's like you don't remember. And he was yeah, like, like, well, tell me how you did it again. And he like, says like, like, we used our nerve. Yeah. And she's like, you don't remember. And he was like, why? He's like, I'm repeating myself, aren't I? And then yeah. he realizes that he's been neuralized. Yes. Yes. So he doesn't remember that they didn't actually defeat the Well, hive. because that's when Neeson became, became kind of part of the hive. Yes. Or, if you're like a little kid and you're watching this, you're probably like, oh, wow, this is a surprising ending. But it's maybe the least surprising ending <laughs> you know yeah like, you pretty much know liam neeson's gonna be the main villain from the beginning i mean we, they already pulled that with him in batman begins so if you're like <laughs> if you have any kind of clue as to what liam neeson is there for you're like yeah he's the villain it's like the least surprising twist anyway liam neeson turns into a big cgi tentacle yeah. monster as sort of sort of standard issue for not only men in black movies, but a lot of types of sci-fi action movies. This the villain turns into some sort of monster at the end. And Tessa they've been Thompson, doing this since Howard the Duck. Yes, but yeah, then Tessa Thompson gets chucked into the portal. Yes, uh, the uh, Neeson tentacle monster chucks yeah. her into the portal. This was a little bit of a disappointment. I thought, like, I thought when she was going into the portal, like, oh, we're gonna see something crazy, but she just kind of like floats along, floats along, and then Pawnee, because he's loyal to, yeah, he pledged no, his I'm not gonna to lose her. another queen. He like <laughs> jumps in with a rope or something. He has something on his arm or yeah, something. Some kind of grappling her. hook yeah. or something. Yeah, he saves her. Pulls her out. And, uh, then she gets the weapon and she. Well, but not before I think Hemsworth is like, you know, trying to get Neeson 
out of yes like he's like doing the whole like, right he has that you're I like remember, you, know, you said you know, you're like a son to me you were like a father to me i know you're in there and you can see like the creature's eyes change yes. to be more like neeson's and yeah, that moment where it's like you're still in there somewhere yeah you know that that cliche but it doesn't end up mattering because tessa thompson gets the weapon and, and yeah is that what happened yes that's <laughs> like, what happened. Like, i don't <laughs> I just know he goes sailing. Into she there. shoots yeah. him with the gun, yeah. the thing, and he yeah. goes sailing into the portal. That's right. She gets the kill him. shot. That's yes. right. That's right. Anyway, that's pretty much the end of the movie. There's a wrap up where with Agent O, Agent O, shows up and sort of gives him a debriefing in front of the Eiffel Tower. She tells M that she's no longer in uh, probationary status. She's an official member of yep. MIB and get, tells her to pick up her neuralizer, gives her a neuralizer or whatever. Yes, and but she's going to be back in New York. Yeah, and that Chris Hemsworth is going to be taking over the London branch, but on probationary no, she, status. She, yeah, that's what she says. Like, well, she says that you know Tessa Thompson is off probation, and then she says to Chris Hemsworth, "You're going on probation." He's like, "Huh?" And then it's because he's going to be running the branch. Yes, and that was what. Neeson had told her his wishes were, you know, a right. while ago. So that's how it was supposed to play out. So he'll be running the London branch, you know, probationary, and but she's getting all the stuff in order for that. Yeah. Tessa Thompson's going back to New York. She's a little reluctant because she's got this friendship. Yeah. With Hemsworth now. Possible romantic. Possible but... a little bit, but I mean, I think it's just more just like she wants to keep working with them. Yeah, they, they sort of tease it as it could go either way. Yeah. But it's this sort of, you know, they're both sort of looking at each other as they're going off into their own direction. And that's when Emma Thompson says, this is what is hard about the job or yeah. something like that. This right. This is one of the tough things about the job. Right. Like saying goodbye to people yeah. or whatever. But then, so you think it's over, but then Tessa Thompson shows up. Oh, we forgot to mention that they, the, way, the way they get to the... Um, Eiffel Towers with this Lexus that turns into like a spaceship. So we, you know, we think it's over, but then Tessa Thompson pulls up in the spaceship Lexus that was used briefly in the climax and tells Chris Hemsworth to get in and they're going to hang out for a few hours before she's got to go or whatever. I don't you know. know. Basically just kind of setting up like maybe these two will team up again at some point. I mean, look. The, you can get there on the subway like, like in minutes like yeah what so she could come hang out on the like they could still she totally could get a hang. reassignment or whatever i mean yeah it's, it's like, not like it's this not, big tragedy it's not over and then that's when she says pawnee's gonna be there with hemsworth yes. like he's gotta he's gonna be your new watcher or right, whatever right yeah they go flying off or whatever yeah. into the, the sky or whatever do they go fly, fly, fly off they the fly sky? off okay I don't know if it's into the sky, but they, they okay. it, it turns into a spaceship and then they go okay. flying off. So, yeah, that's Men in Black International. What are your feelings on it now that you've seen it? I, I kind of feel the same way I did about the original. Like, mm-hmm. I, again, I, you know, it was entertaining. I'll probably never watch it again. If I was a kid, yeah, I'd probably watch it like multiple times. Yeah. Because there's, again, that's who I think it's for. Yeah. I think... Um, I think all the performances are, are, are good. I like all the actors. Um, I think the effects are are good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's well made. It's well acted. It, it looks good. I don't really, I, I'm actually, I was thinking about this the whole time I was watching it. It's like, I don't really know why it didn't do better, to be honest. I mean, other than, I mean, the trailer was off-putting to me. Yeah. But 
I mean, would it be off-putting to a kid? Probably not. Like, why didn't parents take their kids to see this? Well, okay. Here's here's sort of my thoughts, and I'll just briefly say what I think of the movie. Okay. I think the movie is fine. You know, if I was going to rank the Men in Blacks, mm-hmm. I'd go Men in Black 1. I actually really like Men in Black 3, and I would say this one would be probably third best, and Men in Black 2 was is easily the worst. So it's not even the worst Men in Black movie. It's guilty of being unremarkable in many ways. I agree with you that the, like, I actually think the CG for Men in Black movie is pretty good because the CG in Men in Black movies are typically kind of cartoony. It's not supposed to look real. It's supposed to be cartoony, you know, so you can kind of forgive it for that. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I would say that the CG in 2019 is also going to be better than 97 and 2000 and 2002 or whatever. Yeah. But they never strove for realism, so it's not – I don't hold that against it, that sure. it's sort of cartoony CGI. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it was it was totally – a totally acceptable movie, you know, summer blockbuster, you know, not – certainly not the worst of the Men in Black movies. Um, I think that the there's a couple of things going on here that made it an uh, underwhelming performer. One – I think most people associated Men in Black with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. And I think as charming as Hemsworth and Thompson are, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones were the original yeah. their draw. You know, yeah. I mean, specifically, I think Will Smith. Oh, no. I mean, I remember the whole like he did the whole Men in Black yeah, song. The there song. was like a video and yeah. like the whole I mean, it was it was a big deal. Right. Will it's... Smith is I mean, he's Will Smith. Right. And Tommy Lee Jones, that was the time of Tommy Lee Jones. He yes. was like in everything. I also think that the Men in Black movies just were kind of passe. You know, I think it's just one of those franchises that, I don't know, the first one came out and was a big deal and they kept making them. And, and but they even they did like a series too, I believe. Yeah, they did a cartoon. Animated series. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was a thing for a while, but I just don't know if it's really got any heat left in it in terms of being a franchise. Well, maybe if they would have done, I mean, I'm, I'm just talking out loud. I'm like, maybe if they would have made this film not as a Men in Black, but like a standalone maybe. type thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know people would have been like, it's just like Men in Black or whatever, but maybe yeah. because it would have had its own identity, it would have had a better chance. I don't know. Eh, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I just don't think that it just had enough going for it in terms of franchise heat I think Chris Hemsworth is a big star when he's in Marvel movies, but I don't feel like he really. And I forgot also, we forgot to mention, I believe when they're fighting, uh, he's fighting with Luca at the Rebecca Ferguson fortress or whatever. Remember when he picks up the hammer? Uh huh. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he like throws it and nothing happens. Right. And he was like, that, I thought that would have gone better or right. something, yeah, which yeah. was a cute like wink nod to Thor. Yes. That was a nice little yeah. nod to Thor. But, yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe him on his own is, well, I look, don't know. Well, no offense to Tessa Thompson, but she's not a draw. I mean, I think she's a great actor, and but people aren't going to see movies because she's in them. She's not even, she hasn't even really had a movie where she was really the star really, yet. Yeah. I'm sure she's due for it, and I'm, I think it could happen. No, but... she could, yeah, and she could do it, but it's, I see what you're saying, is like, it's not like people are going to go just because it she's in it. It could be a Tessa Thompson world in a few years, but we're not it there yet. It wasn't there yet. Well, and I think also, yes, what you're saying makes sense because when was the when was the last Men in Black 
three, like what mid two thousands? No, it was like twenty twelve. Oh, it was twenty twelve? Yeah, they've been spaced out really. Yeah, because it was like ninety seven, two thousand two, or and something. then twenty twelve, like ten yeah, years later. Yeah, because Will Smith was like, I ain't doing another Men in Black, and then eventually he decided he would. Like, I think the only way there'll ever be another Men in Black is if Will Smith comes back. Yeah. Like he's, I just think it's his franchise. Like honestly. I think just people associate Will Smith with the franchise, and that's just the way it is. Well, that's the only thing that really makes sense because, like I said, the the actors are were good. Like the you know, it's a it's a perfectly fine Men in Black story, and the the way that it looks was was good. The directing was good. Like there's not anything other than not having Will Smith at the helm. Yeah, just to quickly bring it back to F. Gary Gray, you know, he's definitely a workman director. He's not the kind of director that people are going to go see a movie because he directed it. You know, he's not like a Nolan or or whatever, or even a Spike Lee. He makes a completely decent action movie. He makes a completely decent blockbuster. So certainly this movie's not doing well at the box office doesn't have anything to do with him. I also think that these days there's a lot of competition. You know, I don't remember exactly what else came out that summer. I think it was the summer of 2018 or 2019 when this came out. It's just, you know, the, sometimes there's just not enough heat on something and it just it ends up getting lost in the shuffle. I think you actually nailed it as far as like, yes, it's it's lack of Will Smith, but I think it's also just not really what people are into like because i'm just thinking like there's nothing really like this that comes out anymore like there was a time like in the 90s and 2000s where there was like more even like like the you know more um buddy type you know action things sci-fi comedy yeah Yeah, or i feel like more for like this age that men in black franchise works best in yeah is like they're doing more um more animated or more live action or yeah. like as far as like you know they were redoing like you know lion king and like all that stuff or whatever like i mean i know it's a completely different type of film but i'm just saying like who the audience so to speak i don't know maybe it's just like you said it's just not a thing anymore there are just all these other big franchises that are competing for people's attention. And I think people want to see Chris Hemsworth, but they want to see him as Thor. Right. And it's like, this isn't the really the place for him. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. yeah God, with yeah, all the Marvel and DC and all of that, like that wasn't really as prominent. Like it did, that didn't. No, none of these none things of were was. a big deal back in the nineties when this started. Well, not even so much. I mean, around the, the third Men in Black. Yeah. Like that was just kind of like the Avengers had just come out in like yeah. 2012, I believe. Right. So a lot has changed since then. Yeah. Like, I'm just sorry. This is just all coming out right now. But it's like, <laughs> I'm just still I'm just thinking like the landscape has changed big time yes. for like the audience that would have been down with Men in Black. Yeah. So, yes, I think that's that's in summary. The only way that this really could have been a success is if they had Will Smith because yeah. everyone loves Will Smith. Yeah. And they love him as his character in, in Men in Black. And the other thing that was against it is otherwise no one is really going to care. Yeah. Because it, it's just going to kind of fall to the wayside. It's not at least they're not going to flock to the theater for it. Like, I think this would be a, something that people stream. Yeah. You know, like watch it at home. But you're not going to go out 
opening weekend or whatever to see it, especially if it's during the summer when there's a Marvel movie that is right. going to be around. That you're seeing for the third or fourth time yeah. if you're the age that you'd be seeing yeah. this movie. Yeah, you know? exactly. Or if you're my age. <laughs> <laughs> or my age. All right. Well, I think that about does it for Men in Black International. I'm going to go watch Men in Black International again, and then I'm going to get neuralized and forget I even saw it. <laughs> Oh, wait, I don't have to. That about does it today for Tentpole Trauma. If you like what you heard, check out our social media presence on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for Tentpole Trauma. That was easy, wasn't it? If you like us, hit subscribe. And leave us a sterling review on iTunes, if you dare. If you really like us, head over to Patreon.com and get involved in one of our fabulous tiers. You'll be glad you did. Want to communicate with Tentpole Trauma? Send an email to tentpoletrauma at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And who knows, one day you may even get your email read on one of our shows. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon.